0: Good morning, and welcome back to Better with Becky and Sammy, where things are just a little bit better with Becky and Sammy. We're a lifestyle, food, fitness, and holistic well-being podcast, but really we're just two sisters of science. Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, where my research mainly focuses around genetics, and I can't do a cartwheel,
1: Hey guys, I'm Becky. I'm studying dietetics at the University of Georgia. I love everything when it has to come with food, hormones, periods, and I am currently sitting in my apartment in Athens, Georgia because we started in-person classes this week.
0: And a little disclaimer before we start, this podcast is an entertainment and education podcast only. If you do have a question about your personal health, go ahead and contact a professional or registered professional (laughs) all right Rebecca so tell me a little bit more about your first week back um, in college on campus
1: well I'm finally a senior second time around but that's okay I'm doing the major that I absolutely love it's quite bit different everyone has to wear a mask when you like go into class you have to take a wipe wipe everything down get hand sanitizer when you leave you have to wipe everything down too But the funny thing was my first day of classes, I didn't actually go to campus. All of them were on Zoom. So that was pretty funny. I don't have to wear a mask on Zoom, you know, because everyone's in their own spot. But yeah, I'm very excited to be back and hopefully we stay.
0: Yeah, I hope you guys stay too. I know here on campus at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, things are looking very different from the last time that I've seen classrooms. Granted, I'm not taking any more classes or teaching this semester, but it is so strange to see maybe a total of six chairs in an auditorium. So yeah. things are definitely different, but hopefully everyone can stay healthy and get a little bit of learning done in between. Yes, yeah, thank All here. right. Yes. And before we get into the meat of our podcast, where we really get to know our co-host Rebecca and why she chose her college route. Let's go ahead and ask the question of the week. So, this comes from your friend Savannah, mm-hmm. and she asks Where do you get your workout clothes? And can you wear each piece of clothing for every workout, or are there specific clothings for specific workouts? Rebecca, why don't you go ahead and answer? Okay,
1: so let's go from a scale to cheaper type of clothing versus, like, a higher end. Um, the one spot I definitely would go look is Marshalls and TJ Maxx. You can get some good brands for half the price, like glicious 90 Degrees. Um, their biker shorts are amazing. I've gotten some, like, cute, like, leopard print leggings from Marshalls. Super cute, like $12. Um target they're new in the movement slash joy lab is a really another place where I like to get my workout clothing um like the online brands like bounce athletica Gymshark. I know me and Sam really like Gymshark when we first got into working they have cute little leggings and tops but my favorite brand is lululemon I know it could be a little bit of pricey but as a larger chest girl they have um high support sports bras that like help it so that my my back doesn't hurt um the clothing especially the leggings they last a long time they're super cute they feel great you don't feel like you have to tug or get a camel toe when you wear those leggings and yeah um so I guess you could wear leggings for every single specific workout but I prefer to wear for my high intensity workouts, I like to have a slicker material so that it moves with my body and for like weightlifting or like yoga or stretching I like to wear like comfy buttery soft materials as in like leggings so Sam like where do you get your workout clothes.
0: Yeah, so I actually agree a lot with what you said. Um, When I was newer into becoming a strength training enthusiast, I was really into the fast fashion workout clothes. Mm -hmm. But now as an older lady pushing almost 30, I'm more into uh, the OG brands. So the Under Armors and the Nikes of the world. The one thing that I really do love is the newer brand um, Athletes. No. Athleta? No. Athlete. Alphalete. There Alpha you go. Thank you. <laughs> my goodness, it just escape my brain. But anywho, I really love working um working out cardio on the stationary bike. So they have some awesome uh legging shorts or bike shorts, I guess, and mm-hmm. it makes really biking possible cuz you can't do it necessarily in shorts because it rubs on like the bicycle seat. It's very cute, I know. Great image. <laughs> but I do agree that there are a lot of different options and probably should switch up your outfit depending on what type of workout you're doing. Mm -hmm. I agree, too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Savannah, for asking that fun fashion uh, question of the week. So now let's go ahead and get into the meat of this podcast. And basically, we get to know a little bit more about you, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. my sister. (laughs) I'm super excited. And I've been wanting to do this type of podcast for a little bit now. And today is the day. So let's go ahead and start off with an easy question. Uh, so Rebecca, talk a little bit more about uh, you being a senior at UGA and just kind of tell us in the audience, what is your major and what is it like uh, to be in the dietetics major field? Yeah,
1: so easy question. Let's start off with, say, you know, a foundation. Mm-hmm. I'm studying dietetics food and nutrition underneath the department of facts which is family and consumer sciences here at uga the main building is located at dawson hall and basically what dietetics is is you look at someone's diet and their nutrition what type of foods they're eating um and the crazy thing is you don't realize how food has so much more other aspects in our life Um, than we think. And so we look at foods, there are several classes that I've taken a lot of science classes up till now. Um, So I don't have any more science classes left. Um, and so now I'm just strictly dickly nutrition classes. And so the first nutrition class I know a lot of people have to take is like nutrition one on one. It's just the basic. What's like a fat, carb, protein, like how many calories per gram. Um, and then you do a cooking class, which is like super cool. And you're thinking, Cooking, what? Like, why do I need to cook? Same thing. But I that was like my favorite class because you got to cook and then you got to eat. And that yeah. was awesome. I love um, eating, yes. And and So the reason why we took that class was because it's, like, if you don't know how to cook it, then, like, how do you know you're supposed to tell your future clients, like, how to prepare it? And, like, if you don't like cauliflower, why should you tell them to eat cauliflower? Or they're, like, make cauliflower broccoli. And they're, like, "Um, how do you make that? So you got to know, especially, like, knife skills and showing them how to prepare it. We have to be, like, an expert on, like, the foods. Um, and then you take like your classes, like micro and macro nutrients. Um, foods contain a lot of like vitamins and minerals, and you got to know about them and deficiencies if you don't if you don't have them in your body and this semester I'm taking medical nutrition therapy where the class focuses on gut health, IBS, celiac disease. Also when you're in, you have a certain like symptom, how can you change one person's diet in order to benefit them? I'm also taking health lifestyle nutrition where it goes from Before pregnancy, all the way till seniors, I'll be talking about how people's health and their bodies are changing through nutrition, and I'm very excited, and these classes are all awesome. They're fun. We do take chemistry one through biochem. I struggled with all those classes, but in the end, I did pass them, and they actually do come in handy when it comes to some of these nutrition classes, as I can look in the structure and what we're talking
0: about. Yeah, so going on a little bit more about how science classes are very much nested into your nutrition classes. Uh, So, what of your basic science classes that you take you really see reflect in your nutrition? Is it like general chemistry, microbiology, biochemistry? Out of all of them, I've taken Gen Chem,
1: Gen Chem 2, um, organic chemistry, biochemistry. I would say biochemistry, the second half of the class really does deflect because that's when you get to talk about glycolysis and fat storage and fatty acids and how alcohol can affect your liver and just how like the whole glycolysis system and how it relates to like every aspect in your body, especially if you don't like have copper or magnesium or biotin, which is a micronutrient that there's a lot of reactions that use biochem in order for your body to work, um, especially in like those cycles and everything. So I definitely say biochem. I would say that all the classes do build up on each other, but biochem was definitely the class that utilized a lot in the nutrition aspect.
0: That is so cool, Rebecca. And and coming from someone who's a classic basic science background Mm -hmm. myself, uh, you mentioned about eating in lab and That's hilarious because it's such a no-no in, like, general chemistry. You're not even supposed to have your water bottle. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to hear the similarities and the differences between a basic science class and a more nutrition-based focus. That's really cool to hear that perspective. Mm -hmm. So a little bit more about why did you choose this major a little? Because I know you switched majors because you were able to figure out more personally yourself as you grew in college so because you grew why dietetics
1: so when i first went into college as any 18 year old like what do you know like what do you know you want to do the rest of your life you're literally thrown in the education system you're spending all this money so i was like okay well my grandma was a nurse and that's an awesome field to go into it's a science field i like science and you also help out people so i was like okay cool But what really made me change was I was always into the gym and I, my sister, she's like my main motivation. She got into weightlifting too, Sammy did. Oh wait, so you're
0: talking about me?
1: Yes. And so (laughs) I got into weightlifting and so Sammy was doing a mini cut, which means that you cut some of your calories out, you cut your processed foods out, you cut a lot of your caloric intake in order to lose body fat. So I was like, oh, my God, like, I want to do that, too. Like, what is this? But what really interested me in dietetics was one of my friends has FHA, which is Functional Hypothalamic Amenorrhea, where you don't get your period due to under eating, over exercising, stress and everything. And so I thought that was super cool. And I was like, oh, like, what is this? And then that furthered me into finding out intuitive eating and how foods and diets can really help us deal with our hormones. I've expressed many times on this podcast that I have really bad periods and um, going into the gynecologist. They just slap a bandaid on it, just give you birth control. Um, and I did a little bit more research, especially like working with me and my body. And I found out eating certain foods during certain periods phases in my periods, you know, like the luteal, um, the menstrual phase, the other phases that you, if I eat certain foods and increase a little bit more of my caloric intake um, during those times, then I can help out with like my periods and my acne. And so what interests me is like food and how much food can help your body and help you feel in a different way. And so that's why I choose dietetics. I want to express my knowledge and my breakthrough. Um, with other people and mainly probably work with disordered eating because I like I said before my main reason why I want to go to college is to help people out
0: that's really cool and I love hearing when young people are so enthusiastic about what they want to do and their plans for the future so I can't wait to see Uh, Where you go with this and I know the center of your whole entire goals and why you study Mm -hmm. so hard is to help other people to help reflect inside yourself. So speaking of your goals and where you're going in your future. So what are your plans after graduation? Because you are a senior, you'll be graduating mm-hmm. in May, knock on wood, everything is going for you. Yes. Are you preparing for like future plans or future goals or how will after graduation your life shift a little bit? Yeah. So there's two things.
1: There's a registered dietitian and then there's also a nutritionist. So every single registered dietitian is a nutritionist, but not every nutritionist is a registered dietitian.
0: Wow. So Let me clear yeah, because I thought they were the same thing.
1: Yeah, no. So a registered dietitian takes a registry test and gets a license to practice within their state. And oh. so then they can give advice and prescribe You know, eating regimens and stuff. Um, A nutritionist doesn't have the license. So in order for me to get the license, I need to do a year long dietetics internship with like schools or practices and stuff where I get to be hands on in the field knowing what a dietitian does, learning a whole bunch. Um, And so hopefully I can get matched in the spring to a dietetics internship program. Hopefully Augusta University, let's cross our fingers. And alongside with that, I'm going to get my masters at the same time. Because in 2024, all dietitians, registered dietitians need their masters. And that's so that we can be at the same level as all the other medical fields that also need their masters. So with that, I need to take the GRE in order to get into the program. And so I'm studying for the GRE at least like an hour or two a day um, and using those cool little vocabulary words, even though they don't really fit into day-to-day life. Um, I apologize
0: to my friends if I sound kind of a little bit weird. Um, It is always so funny (laughs) trying to make your, I call them hit words, your Mm -hmm. your marching band words or whatever, Mm -hmm. trying to incorporate them into life. Because it's like, sometimes you know the word, you know it has a positive or negative connotation to it, (laughs) but maybe you don't use it 100% correctly, it's just too funny.
1: Yeah, and you know, we can talk about like school and like what I'm doing like my GRE and like my GPA, but I want to express that also like while you're working on like school and like education. Um, I'm also working on myself, like, my mind and my body and just, like, fully, like, embracing what I believe in and what I think of and, like, trying things on my body to see, like, what works because in the end, like, I want to be relatable with people. Like, if someone is, like, having the same problems as me and I give them advice, then like, you know, like, how people are all, like, oh, well, you need to eat vegetables and chicken every day. But if you don't do that, then you don't know the same experiences of it. So I'm also working on, just like myself, my relatability at the same time.
0: So I actually have uh, a clarification and a question for you, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. So just to clarify, the GRE is an entrance exam for Mm grad school. And basically, it kind of gives you a level playing field with all Mm -hmm. the other um, applicants going in because you come from different environments, different universities. Mm -hmm. And so their GPA skill might be slightly different. The GRE is just a standard test that mm-hmm. gives a number at the end of it. So it's something that you can look at across the field for applicants. And mm-hmm. the question, Rebecca, and maybe you can clear this up just a little bit. So you talked earlier about being matched to uh-huh. a program. Can you explain what being matched is a little bit more? So
1: for UGA and a lot of the dietetic internship programs in the spring, the seniors go through a workshop called DICAS, which is this um, a dietetic internship like matching where certain schools only take a little bit of kids per internship program. Um, It's, I guess it's just like the same thing as applying into like a university, but you try to get into a program that fits you and also that it fits the university. So you guys have to have like, like minds, like, like interests and stuff. And that's where you go through series of in person and you're like learning more stuff in order to sit down and take the registry test, become a dietitian.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for clearing Mm -hmm. that up. So you said, uh, what is a good fit for you as well? So mm-hmm. speaking of fits, uh, I know there are many different job opportunities when you enter into the field as a registered dietitian. Can you tell me like the different categories or the different quote-unquote fits uh, of different job fields? And personally, which one would you like to go into, Rebecca?
1: Yeah. So the first thing you think of like dietitian, like what is that? Like what, what jobs can you get with that? Well, I guess people hear about the science field. So they're like maybe a hospital. Yeah, so that's called clinical, clinical dietitian, where you can work in a hospital. Um, you can work on many, you know, care units, the ICU care units, the, the diabetes care units, um, just a regular like women in health care unit where you work alongside with a medical team and where your insights of like what foods they should eat, um, play into it. And so there's an also one called sports nutrition, um, where colleges and high schools, their athletes need a nutritionist in order for them to optimally perform at their best. Um they get a meal plan and nutrition like sits down with them, especially like with college athletes. There's another like subfield called community nutritionist. Okay. Um I don't want to be biased, but <laughs> hint. <laughs> um that's where you just get sit down with the people in your community and you develop a lot of like workshops where you hear what the community wants. You develop those workshops, you talk to them, face the person to person in person. And that's where like in person to person, you might see a lot of these dietitians working with like preschools, schools and universities. That's where the community is because you're honing in on the specific like age or, you know, type of people within a specific area and so there's always private practices um one example of a private practice could be like women's health or women's like hormones or specifically fha working with amenorrhea periods and everything um there's also the military navy and army you can work with people in those areas of what they need to eat and how they can perform and their nutrition because Sometimes you're like overseas and foods different and scarce and everything. Um, Like I said, there's school nutrition. You can work with, you know, the public schools and the private schools for the kids and like what they eat, like talk to the kids, like what they like versus what the county can provide. There's counseling where you think you sit on one and one person, they tell you what they want and you sit down with them, you build a meal plan, you work with their eating, disordered eating maybe, um, and they ask you a couple of questions. Um, in my field that I want to go into, a lot of people have said that kind of like sports nutrition, like that is so you. You like to like work out, do this diet, do that diet. You're so athletic and sporty. But that's actually not what I want to go into, which okay. is because the way that I look at sports nutrition, it's very weight exclusive, meaning you have to track everything that you eat you eat in a different time period, Um, you got to do this, this, it's a very, lot of rules you got to figure out. And it's a lot of like, time that develops into food and working with these college athletes, or even in high school athletes. And so when they're done with sports, how do you eat as like a normal person, you know, so I want to go into the community aspect of a registered dietitian where you get to sit with people in your community and you get to talk to them and really like want really realize like what they want from you and what questions they have and have developed programs within like an outreach and really like help someone out see their journey from point A to point B. Um, With me, Growing up with sports is when I was young, especially like ice skating and lacrosse and everything. It was very weight exclusive. And so my approach that has fit me and I really like is weight inclusive. Um, Basically, It's a belief that when provided with access to health care, that it's a non-stigmatizing as in each individual does have the ability to maintain a healthy body weight and achieve a state of well-being independent of their weight. I think that everyone has their own set point. And if you're eating nutritiously and like working out and like loving how you are and you're having confidence that I don't believe the number on the scale depicts your healthiness or well being. I believe like you should view food as just like fuel and it shouldn't be as stressful or stigmatizing. Um, you know, just a normal person day to day. I think that they should be like that. And I like the community aspect because I love to like talk to people, get to know them, make new friends, like just like talk and everything. So that's the subgenre of the dietetics that I'm going to go into.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like what you're saying a little bit, if I were to kind of like reframe uh, what mm-hmm. you were saying, is that uh, you're not the biggest supporter of mechanical eating when it comes mm-hmm. to athletes, though you understand for that yes. amount of time it's very necessary, but you are thinking more of the bigger picture, the whole entire life of the individual, mm-hmm. and you really look into what is intuitive eating And figuring out, uh, because intuitive eating is not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Yes, yes. Because I I know we talked about it a lot (laughs) on this channel, a whole bunch, Mm -hmm. and on this podcast, but just give us a little snapshot, Becca, of what is intuitive eating and why are you such a big advocate for it? Yeah. So
1: if you want to know the 10 principles of how I view them and what I think of them, I'm actually dropping a YouTube video this Wednesday um, about intuitive eating and how my results are and everything. But just to give a little like summary of it, intuitive eating is a lifestyle, like Sam says, it is not a diet. It's where you just drop the stigma of stress, of counting this and that and weighing in and only eating this type of foods and having like cheat meals. It's where you sit down and you develop a plate where it's like half veggies, half, you know, part of that's vegetables and fruits and then one fourth grains and one fourth protein. And then you get to add stuff that helps your satisfaction factor as in like, if you love avocado, have some avocado. If you want to have a brownie, have some brownie and you drop the stigma of naughty or good or healthy. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as those type of foods. It's body positivity. You don't follow when you're hungry, you're hungry. You have intuitive hunger cues that tell you to eat. And you just know that you have the comfort of where comfort of eating whenever you want to eat and anything you want to eat where you don't binge on certain foods. And it's a lifestyle and it, it helped me out a lot. And so that's what intuitive eating means to me. And it's also way inclusive.
0: That is really awesome, Rebecca. And this whole entire podcast, I've really learned so much of, of what a student being a inspiring dietitian looks like And I know you a lot as Mm -hmm. my sister and very personally, but it's great to sit down and kind of talk to like the different hat, the student Mm -hmm. wearing hat. And you're so knowledgeable about uh, the differences and degrees and the process and journey of how to get to be your registered dietitian. Um, I learned today what being matched was. Mm -hmm. I also reminisced on how hard the GRE was sometimes. (laughs) And it's just really good to talk to you, Rebecca, about your academic and career future because it's so bright and I'm great. And I'm so happy that we're going to have a registered dietitian in the family. (laughs) Maybe you can help me out with my intuitive eating journey as well Mm -hmm. and trying to demoralize food because food is energy and it doesn't make you good or bad of a person. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for just answering a couple of the questions that I had. I learned and have grown so much respect for your field And um, I just can't wait to see where you take all your amazing things. And with that, I would just like to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And if you like us, please consider subscribing. And like our tagline says, we are two sisters of science, but really we just want to be one of your sisters too. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, Rebecca, do you want to remind our audience of one extra thing?
1: Yeah, don't forget to eat your rainbow. And with
0: that, let's go ahead and wrap this podcast up. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.